What's up, everybody? This is Mike coming at you with the Mickey Mantle episode of the Fly Pod. That's right, episode number seven. Today's episode is being recorded on Friday, July the 26th, and we have a lot to talk about today. The both regular seasons have wrapped up, so we're going to wrap up Morton Grove and give a playoff preview as well. And we'll talk about how the regular season went at Mellis and give a playoff preview for that league. And then we're going to preview tomorrow's tournament at Mellis. we got an all-day tournament. Hopefully things go well and we're playing all day that we will be partaking in. And then uh, alongside with me today, I have my good friend Steve Reamer. Steve, thanks for joining me today. No problem. Thanks for having me, Mike. So it's been a, a while since I wanted to get you on the pod, and uh, good to have you here. I know you have a lot of insight to offer. To recap the Morton Grove season, we finished at a record of 7-3, and three, scoring 12.6 runs per game and allowing only 7.7 runs per game. The offense is down a little bit from last year, and the defense is right where we need it to be, equivalent to what we did last year. And this could be due to uh, a more difficult schedule, but overall I'm happy with a 7-3 finish. We're currently in the number four seed behind picked off Smash Bros and Gravediggers in that order. And playoffs begin on Monday night, the 29th, against the Enforcers, who are currently four and six. In only one meeting this year, we took a victory uh, against them, winning 14 to four. And this is a team that has been uh, out of the league for a while, but they came back this year and they have some strong pitching, but they will make mistakes and uh, they have a limited offense. And in my notes, I have down that. The, the key to our game on Monday night is taking advantage of those mistakes that they'll make. Steve, what stands out to you uh, this past season? Uh, unfortunately, I wasn't able to make the Enforcers game, so I don't really have too much on them per se. But I think uh, just as our Morton Grove team has kind of developed over the year, I feel like no matter which team we go up against, I know we lost two in a row to picked off, but we can beat any of them. Um, so none of the teams really scare me at all. I think as long as we show up and we play – the game that the Flies can play, which should be in good shape. For sure. I love that confidence. And I, I agree. I think you know, we've shown that we can beat every team in this league. Uh, Enforcer should be uh, a good opponent for us, but we should take care of business and then move on to the semis, uh, which will be the week after. Our Mellis season was a great success. It was our first time out there as a team. We went 7-3, and three, scoring 21.4 runs per game and allowing 12.8. Uh, runs per game and of course those numbers are going to be heightened. Mellis is a place where you're going to have more offense due to the fence and the limited arc. Uh, we're currently sitting at the number three seed behind Afternoon Delight and Swingers. Uh, playoffs round one. Uh, we'll have a week off next week because uh, the uh, seven through ten seeds will have to play to get seeded uh, into the second round of the playoffs. So we get a week off on Thursdays but uh, on the 8th of August uh, we'll be playing Yellowstone in the first round. In our previous meeting, it was a very high-scoring affair. We lost 28-32, to 32, only by four runs. Uh, but, you know, I actually subbed for a team to play against Yellowstone last night, and my thoughts are that they're beatable. Steve, what's your thought about Yellowstone? Uh, I know that was one of the games that I think you missed, Mike, and it was one of the few games I've been able to play this year uh, at Mellis, and we beat ourselves. Uh, we didn't hit until about the late fourth, fifth inning. Uh, had some sloppy defense early on, and... Just dug ourselves a hole that we just couldn't quite get out of. So I feel like it's a team that we shouldn't really have too much problems with as long as we show up and play just like we, we can every week. Yeah, definitely. They really don't scare me. Um, you know, they're, they're a good ball club. They, they play many nights a week, but uh, definitely beatable. And like you said, Steve, if we just show up and play our game, we should be good to go. So again, no Thursday game on the 1st of August, uh, but we will be playing on the 8th of August in, our, uh, in the first round. Uh, so looking forward to that. Something new for our team, 
is the Mellis Tournament, which is happening tomorrow. I know I'm very excited about it. Steve, probably excited as well. Uh, and all rec league teams from Mellis can register for this tournament. And currently there are 16 teams, and it's looking pretty stacked. So just so the listeners know, uh, any team is available to register. Obviously not all teams did because of, amongst all the rec leagues, you know, there's probably 50 or 60 teams uh, Monday through Saturday because they have leagues almost every day of the week. Uh, but there's 16 teams currently registered. And when I say it's looking pretty stacked, that means that the teams that are coming out uh, are teams that are at the top of their leagues. And just from playing different nights of the week, we know that they're uh, very talented opponents. Our first game is tomorrow morning at 10.05 against the White Walkers, which initially I thought I didn't know anything about, but then I received some information about White Walkers and some of the players that are on their team. Steve, what do you know about White Walkers? Uh, I think I was there when you got the information. It sounds like the White Walkers are one of the diehard teams, and I say one of. Um, they have a couple of different teams based on how many guys can actually show up and what league they're in. Um, I've played against them before I joined the Flies, um, at Mellis and definitely a beatable team. Um, they're fun to play against because they, they usually bring a good game to the field. Uh, so they, they will be a challenging first round game, but I'm not too worried. I think we, we have the upper hand. Yeah, they're, they're a team that they're older. So it might be deceiving at first when you, when you come up to the diamond and you see uh, a bunch of older guys, but these guys know how to play. They've been playing a long time. Uh, but I'm looking forward to the challenge. Uh, the day is double elimination, so that means we're afforded two losses before we have to go home. Uh, and the way the day can go, it could go many different ways. You know, if we win the first few games, I think it was the first four games, uh, we'll get ourselves a nice three or four hour break. However, if we lose in the first round, uh, then we're set for, I think it was like an hour off, but then we have to play every hour until the championship game. So, uh, you know, people have been asking me about, you know, planning the day accordingly, you know, when are we going to eat and stuff like that. And the answer is I have no idea because the day could take any number of uh, turns and, and twists just because uh, of the double elimination. So I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a day full of softball. Uh, it's going to be great. Steve, why don't you tell us what's going on with our roster? Well, real quick, Mike, I think the easy answer is we'll eat hopefully after the first couple of games because we'll win the first two and have a nice chunk of time off. Yeah, that sounds good. Going over some of the roster, we got James uh, is going to be pitching. This isn't the batting order. This is just the guys that are out there. Uh, myself will be splitting time with Kevin at first and catching. Uh, Mike, you're going to be leading the outfield like you always do. Got Matt in the outfield. Gerb holding down right field, right center field, just like he always does. Kylie, we're going to be splitting time with you between the infield and outfield. Thanks for your versatility and just – the skill set you bring to the table. Yeah, he's been a great addition. Hey, shout out to my man, Clayton Coatney. Now, Clayton is coming in from Michigan. I'm hoping he's listening to this podcast, too, uh, as uh, as he's driving in. Clayton is Jess's sister's boyfriend. So if you followed that, it's my sister-in-law's boyfriend. And he's a great guy. Uh, he plays baseball at Cornerstone University in Grand Rapids. And he's a big softball player as well. And, you know, I've always talked to him about, man, I got to get you out and to play with the flies. I got to get you... Uh, some reps with us and this opportunity presented itself and it seemed like a great uh, weekend opportunity so I invited him out and he's going to come play. Uh, he can play all over. Um, in, in college you know he's pitching right now um, but he can play infield, outfield. He said his uh, preference is to play third but I've seen him play a really smooth outfield so uh, he's going to be filling in for us and uh, hitting some bombs too. I know the guy can certainly rake. Uh, then we got Mike Stein of course and he'll be 
uh, man in second base, and then that rounds out uh, the flies who we usually have, and then we're going to have two guys coming on who are buddies of James, and thanks James for grabbing these guys because we found ourselves with about nine guys on the roster, and of course, you know, if we're playing all day, we definitely want some subs there because we're going to get tired. It's going to be you know, upwards of 90 degrees tomorrow. We got Brian Moranto and Jeff Olfi, I think is a nickname. I don't know his full name, but uh, these are guys that I played with on Friday nights with James, and they're very, very good players and uh, happy to have them. Uh, they're mainly going to be infielders, and uh, uh, it's going to be a great experience. You know, we're definitely going to get better from the experience. We're going to have fun. Uh, and in the next live pod, we'll be able to update you on how the actual tournament went. All right, let's turn our attention to the guy sitting across from me right now, Mr. Steve Reamer. Uh, Steve, thanks for being here. You know, you joined our team uh, when we just started 12-inch uh, about three seasons ago, and this was 2017, I believe, in the fall. And you came over right after we transitioned from 16-inch, uh, where we had our devastating 0-13 season. We decided to give 12-inch a try. Uh, you came over with Billy, who's still a member of the Flies, and also Jeff and Robert, who uh, aren't with us anymore. Um, you and Billy have been great additions, really helped propel us to another level. Uh, what's your experience been like playing for the Flies the past three seasons? Uh, I will say that I was very hesitant the first time when Jeff asked me to play, because even though I'm getting up there in age, 32 now, um, I'm very competitive, and that's probably going to go with me to the grade. So... It's one of these where I don't like to lose, and I hope that it shows on the field. So when Jeff asked me if I wanted to play, my natural instinct is to say yes because I love love the sport. But because I didn't know anyone, I was very hesitant and came out in the fall. And I think we had the conversation where I told you, I'm like, hey, I'll do fall, but I can't do summer because I was already committed to a team that I've been playing with and we were getting better uh, that happened to play at Mellis. And come that summer, uh, they couldn't feel the team. And I happened to call you up. I'm like, hey, I'm available. I'm a free agent. You guys still looking for someone? And, and you you brought me on board. And it's been fun ever since. Yeah, actually, I didn't even remember that in preparing for this Blackout episode. That there was a time when, yeah, you and Billy were kind of just, uh, you were committed to another team for the summer. And then that team fell through. And luckily for us, that happened. And now, you know, we're part of something special here. But, um, yeah, it's been great to have you. You've been manning first base and uh, playing Second base yesterday, of course, and uh, right field sometimes, but you've been a great uh, part of our lineup as well. Uh, when did your softball career begin? Softball, I think, started just after I turned 18. At that point, baseball kind of ended, and softball began, and I played for 15 years. So it's been, uh, been a long time. What would you say, over all those years, what would you say is your most memorable moment? Uh, my most memorable moment would have to be two falls ago. Has Tom been on the team two years? One Let's year. See, Tom has played with us one fall, two summers, I think. Okay, so it would have been two falls ago when we were playing, and Sean Marshall was in the league. <laughs> all I can all I can remember is uh, playoffs, and he smoked a line drive down the first baseline. I just reached out and he just stuck in the glove, and it's one of these where. As a kid, you grew up playing baseball, and you're like, oh, I want to make the major leagues. Well, to play against a guy who played in the major leagues and then be able to rob him of probably what would have been a triple at uh, at Morton Grove was, was a blast. And then we ended up winning the championship that year, too. Yeah, for sure. That was a good night. That was uh, – sorry, Tom, because it might bring up some bad memories. But I, 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 we beat Tom and his team, the off guys, in the first round. And I, I do remember you snagging that off of Sean Marshall. And just playing against Sean Marshall is so cool because this is the guy we've seen on TV, you know, few years ago and then all of a sudden he shows up on a softball diamond playing with us is just awesome 
Uh, what a great guy too. Uh, so down to earth and uh, very personable. Anyway, I remember that catch. It was pretty, uh, pretty awesome. It also speaks to your glove. You have a great glove over there at first base. Prior to softball or at the same time, I know you played in the MSL, which is the Midwest Suburban League. Talk about how you know, you've been playing baseball in your adult life and how that's kind of meshed with softball. Yeah, I went out to watch a buddy that I worked with, and he was in the MSL. And the guy who was kind of their coach for the team asked me if I was ever interested in playing or subbing. And I told him, yeah, and slowly worked back in, played for about two two or three years in that. And I was splitting time between that and softball. And the first year was a little rough, hitting uh, declined in both. And it's just getting used to seeing a softball come in versus a baseball and, and just being able to kind of put the mental side of, okay, I got to hit this way for baseball and hit this way for softball aside and, and focus on, you know, which sport I was playing because I'm sure a lot of the guys who grew up playing baseball know it's a completely different game. It's a completely different game between Mellis and, and Harder and, you know, unlimited arc versus, you know, 12-6. So uh, it was definitely a transition. Um, I still enjoy baseball better, but that's just the little kid in me, I think, more mm-hmm. than anything. Yeah, for sure. It's awesome how they're, you know, my first love was baseball of course. And they are similar games, yes, but the more I played softball, the more I realized just how different it is as well than baseball. You know, there's little nuances that are different. You have to, in order for us to take that step to the next level, you have to recognize those those differences. This is a great question. I always love what everybody's answer is, so I'm looking forward to hearing what you say. If you could have one skill from another fly, what would it be? I think the initial answer and one of the guys on one of the original podcasts, I think, said this was being able to have James' skill of going the other way. But I think the more and more we play, and the more and more I watch our Javi Baez play shortstop, I think having Nick's speed range, even though I feel like for a first baseman, I got a lot of range, just how, how much ground he covers is just insane to watch. So I think Nick's overall speed would be something great to have. Yeah, he's very agile. I mean, he's, um, yeah, we talked a lot, of, a lot about him on the pod, and he, he's a great player. Really excited, and I'll share this with you guys now. Like in determining where we were going to play for fall, and information for that is coming out soon. Um, but one person I really, really wanted to get on the fall roster was Nick because Eric goes back to school. Carlos, you know, his kids start the school season, so he's not able to play in the fall. And and really, Nick was one of those make or break players for our fall roster because if we don't have Nick, we really don't have a left side of the infield. Uh, and so, shout out to you, Nick. It's time for the flyby. This is everybody's favorite segment where we'll uh, have some either-or questions or some uh, favorite questions. And I tried to spice it up today because I realized that you know we have been doing the same flyby questions for a while. So there are some new ones in there. So uh, make sure you're listening. Steve, the first one is favorite ballpark besides Wrigley Field. Um, I think until recently I probably would have said uh, Wrigley North in Miller Park. But uh, – about a month or so back, I was out in San Francisco for work and got to go to Oracle. And I think having uh, the bullpen on the field and just that like uniqueness of that stadium and having the the bay right there and whatnot, I think that was probably my favorite park other than Wrigley to be at. So yeah, I can't wait to get out there. I have future plans to go there. Um, it's gone through so many different names. I feel like it's been Pac Bell Park. Um, I don't even remember what it was most recently, but Oracle now. Uh, but yeah, the bullpen's on the side, and then McCovey Cove is is pretty dope. Um, great answer. What about this one? Mellis or Horror? I think as an infielder, I'd have to say Mellis. The the turf infield, uh, you know the hop you're going to get. I know all the infielders are probably say the same thing when it comes to that, having the fence. But there's also just something to be said about playing the classic baseball field on a dirt and grass. So 
I, 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 if I had to choose Gun to My Head, I would say Mellis, but Horror still holds a special place just for the, the classic feel. Yeah, most definitely. What about Homer or Web Gym? Or I'm even going to give you three options because I feel like your patented hit is you'll, you'll always tell me before the game, man, I'm a little tight, you know, I'll take a runner. Always at, at, at uh, hard this happens. I'm like, all right, whatever you need, man. But then you'll smoke one over the outfielder's head and you'll race to third base, you'll slide in, and then you'll just turn to me and say, I don't need a runner. So would you rather hit a homer, leg out a triple, or have a web gym? Uh, now that you've thrown the third one in, it makes it a little bit harder. Um, I still think the web gem to me is probably the favorite. Um, I just think back to watching Sports Center and just you see your top tens. There's just something to be said about making that diving play or you know being able to like in Nick's case, ball is going to easily drop in there and all of a sudden the fielder gets to it and you know somehow makes an amazing catch. I think to me it's still one of my favorite things to watch in, in baseball. For sure, yeah, they're they're fun to do, fun to watch as well. Uh, I brought this one up because my wife taught told me that for some reason you haven't seen the movie Moneyball yet. I was hoping you wouldn't bring that <laughs> But that's a good one. But what is, and I thought a lot about this question too, because there's no easy answer. Um, what is the best baseball movie in your opinion? I don't think anything will change this for me. I think Sandlot's going to probably go down as my favorite baseball movie. Yeah. I, I feel like that's that's the answer that, that most people give is Sandlot. Um, there's so many good ones out the there. The first one. I believe they made a second, and I believe it was terrible from what I've heard. Yeah. You can't really follow that movie up. But uh, we'll get you a copy of Moneyball so you can see that too. Um, now, you're a busy, very busy man, family man, working man. I wanted the people to know uh, – how many hours a week do you work? Because I feel like every time I talk to you, it's a crazy amount of hours. Yeah. Um, I average, I think, about 55 hours a week. So okay. it, to me, when I have a light week, that can be 45 hours, which to most people, that's a lot. And right. to me, just with what I do for work, just part of the part of the nature of the beast. Right. And so you're, you're doing like AV tech, like running different conferences and the technology part of that, right? Yeah. So... Uh, most of what I what I personally do is on the video projection side of things. So if you go to the, how I kind of explain it for most people is if you go to a concert, uh, you got your audio guy obviously takes care of the band and whatnot. Your lighting guy does the lights, but a lot of the newer technology is the LED wall, uh, video projection, you know, cameras and stuff like that. That's a lot of what I do. Uh, it's even more so behind, uh, you know, what people don't see is where switch operators are and, and just all that technical side of things so that's usually what I'm, I'm doing mainly for corporate events uh, get to work with some cool people we've I've been able to work with a few celebrities so it's kind of fun yeah you can name drop on the flat pot too, <laughs> too I know didn't you do were you doing something with Tariq Cohen one time or is that I did I helped with the uh, red box 15th anniversary and they brought in Tariq Cohen and then they had Flo Rider was their actual that's right. performance um, I've also worked with um, anyone who watched uh, TV in the early 2000s knows of a show probably called Seinfeld. I worked with George Costanza one time. So. I didn't know that. That's awesome. Yeah. Sweet. Um, i trying to think of his actual name. George Costanza is Jason Alexander. That's right. That's who it is. Cool. We got that. Awesome. Next question. Why do you wear double fours, 44? Uh, for the longest time, the family uh, number that we wore was 23. My cousin wore it probably because of Michael Jordan. I looked up to my cousin and playing ball, so I... With that, uh, the last few teams that I've kind of played on, that number has already been taken. Uh, so I went to, again, embrace my inner child, and I just look up to Rizzo and how he plays the game. 
playing first base myself and having the option, I think, early on in the team to be able to choose my number, I quickly grabbed 44. Nice. It's a good number, right? It's, it's a rare number. I feel like the only person who sticks out to me is uh, Rizzo, who wears that, and, of course, you. So keep rocking that. Uh, next question, you kind of, can kind of take two ways. It's a new one. I wanted to go with best restaurant, and this could be like, you know, best fast food, or it's your birthday, you can go anywhere you want, where are you going? Uh, I would say for best fast food, and I think you can agree with me on this one, is Chick-fil-A. For sure. Jess is in the other room, and if she heard me, she's probably cheering for that as well. Uh, but yeah, Chick-fil-A, I think, on the fast food end. Uh, I'd have to really think about an actual sit-down restaurant. I know my wife and I love to go to Red Robin, mm-hmm. get the endless fries and the campfire sauce. And if you haven't tried campfire sauce with the fries, the next time you go, ask for it. It's amazing. It'll change your life. <laughs> nice. Hopefully, we're playing both of these tomorrow, day or night game. Uh, I am more of a night game fan. I'm also more of a cold weather fan. So mm-hmm. I, I enjoy the fall, I think, a little bit more than the, the summer. Um, I feel like I've had a better history and I haven't looked at numbers, but I feel like some of my bigger at-bats have come in colder colder temps and at night. So those are definitely the two that I would have to go with. Nice. Well, Steve, I want to thank you for being on the fly pod, making time to be here, uh, giving your insight on the tournament in both seasons. Any last words for the fly pod nation out there? Uh, I think that we've got a, a solid team. I'm interested in meeting these other guys for tomorrow. I think we're going to be able to go far in the tournament, and I'm excited to hopefully win the tournament and then pull off two first place uh, playoffs. Yeah, for sure. I was thinking about the fact that the next time we record the fly pod, we may have three championships under our belt. That would be pretty awesome. So looking ahead, tomorrow is our Mellis tournament. Hopefully we'll be playing all day. We have our Monday night round one, our quarterfinal against Enforcers. That's on the 29th at 9.30, late game. Uh, And this was a great Mickey Mantle episode of The Fly Pod, episode number seven. We reviewed Morton Grove and Mellis, our regular season, and gave a playoff preview for both uh, seasons. And we previewed the tournament, and we had a great player interview uh, with Steve, number 44, first baseman. And future episodes, i got to give you an update. So I'm not going to drop an episode next week. I'm starting a new job August 1st, so I'm going to be a little preoccupied with that. Plus, we have, you know, a, a bunch of playoff softball going on. So my target release for... The uh, eighth episode of the Fly Pod will be August 13th, uh, trying to get you that no later than August 13th. It will be a season recap, a uh, playoff recap, and also a fall preview. Uh, I'm going to try to get the original four on that episode. So that includes me, Eric, Alex, and Gerb. Those are the four who have endured the 0-13 first season uh, in 16-inch. So hopefully we'll have a lot of good things to say about our growth as a team. I want to thank everybody for listening. Let me know what you think on the Facebook page, and as always, go flies.